We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Gresh and Fourier. Here's the thing that I really dislike about Mac Jones. His body language, his facial expressions, his gyrations on the field piss me off. All right, I, I, there, there's a douchiness to them. Andy Gresh. Oh, scissor me, daddy. Hmm? Christian Fourier. How realistic are, is these Jurassic Park movies? Gresh and Fourier, right now. His consistency, his elite consistency, has been unreal. And if it wasn't for him, we'd probably be down 3 nothing after 2. And, um, you know, you're not going to come back in those situations very often. He gives us the ability to win every night, and I think that's why he has 21. On WEEI. Oh, yeah. We thought we were going to be talking a lot of winter classic here. Woo, thank on, God. On the virgin excursion of Gresham Foyer. At Gresh Foyer, WEEI on Twitter. I think it's the same on Instagram, right, William? Uh, Billy Lanny is now ascended into the running the social uh, media portion of this here program that you're going to hear on WEEI each and every Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. And, uh, Foyer, let's just jump right into yes, it. Yes, sir. Because, and I do not say this glibly, we almost watched a man die on television yep. last night. Yeah, and I don't know, and I feel like that's, like where I have to start because my initial reaction watching it live was just that. I remember screaming to my wife who was upstairs. I was like, you got to come down. Like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. This is like, I feel like this guy's going to die on the field. Because what I was doing, I was just watching just the trainers, the, the, uh, the on-field uh, doctors. Because, you know, when someone gets hurt, you know, they run out there. Usually the players will stand over them. And usually it's like the guy's rolling around and it's no big deal. The initial reaction from the players was so severe and so significant. And then the reaction of the first medic or trainer that got out there was was just, just you know, extreme level of concern. And then they all got their radios, right? And so they're, they're immediately talking on the radios. They're motioning. And then you see these guys running, sprinting onto the field with these big, giant blue bags that they keep all their stuff in. So then I was like, this is this is something that is like much more severe than anybody is willing to admit or can understand. And obviously, it got to the point where you're like, this guy's fighting for his life. Yeah. That was that and then and then and then Gresh, and then the other thing is I just and I went to like and you know, I know a lot of people don't want to talk about like the why, like what happened, like how did it happen? Did he did he break his neck? Did he have a heart attack? Was it cardiac arrest? None of that was being brought up. I wanted to know like how did this happen? It was a routine hit. Something you see, it wasn't violent. It wasn't a violent collision. And they only showed the replay one time. 
Well, I saw it twice. Oh, okay. I saw it All twice. Right. I the I saw they came back and then once they realized it was really bad, they didn't want to play it anymore. And they went to the wide shot, yeah. which yeah. you know is kind of the oh, there's the real signal from the TV people that something's really wrong. Yeah, because you tell me, he makes the tackle. Yep. He stands up. Yep. And then he collapses. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing that comes into your mind when you see something like that? Stroke, heart attack. You know what it reminded me of? Now this goes way back in the day, but there was an umpire named John McSherry. Who on opening day in either 89 or 90, I think it was, home plate umpire in Cincinnati, heels over of a heart attack right there on the field. And when they showed him, he knew something was wrong. And his last couple of steps, McSherry like wobbled and then went down. This wasn't even that. This was Hamlin standing up. What got me was how his head hit the turf. Because you knew that everything had stopped at that point. Because he didn't, like, go limp and sort of yeah. slump down. It was... It like, and he yeah. smacked his bean real hard on the He turf. got almost like a whiplash. Like, like Tua. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then that's the other thing I thought of. But then... So now I'm thinking, okay, it's it's got to be a delayed concussion? Like, that's... Because then I saw him kind of frozen. That you see a lot with yep. guys who have concussions. They freeze. Okay, so maybe this is a delay. But he got hit in the chest. So what actually happened... I mean, I know, like, there's you know, obviously thoughts and prayers, and there's a lot of concern, and we will get into it, obviously. But what I think happened, I'm not a doctor, so don't at mention me. Here we go. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm not a doctor. Okay, I'm However, not. However, I'm going to play okay, one on, I'm gonna, on television. I'm going to play a poor doctor uh, my first time. So obviously what, so he, so he gets hit, and the contusion causes some sort of cardiac arrest where it, like, throws his heart out of you know, rhythm, out of rhythm, right? Yep. And then he falls down, and so then they realize it because what I've heard is they they ran to the scene, they check him. He doesn't have a pulse. Can you imagine if you're a player and you're there and they're and then you're listening to them because everybody's gathered around. They haven't pushed him back yet. They say, "Well, he doesn't have a pulse." So then, well, you got to you got to do the defibrillator, right? You got to give him CPR. Well, yep. you got you got to cut his clothes off, right? You got to get his pads off. There's that too. So imagine the visual of these guys witnessing this in real time. Who are huddling around their teammate to try to protect him so people can't see what's going on in the stadium. But then, but everybody but everybody figured it but out. But everybody's still curious of what's going on. Well, They're, people like you who are smart to know what to look for figured out when there's the running of people going on and off the field that you know something's It up. just looked right away. It looked like this was not your routine ACL, MCL. It wasn't your routine concussion. It was something so much more severe and dangerous. Like, I was legit thinking that this guy is going to die on the field. Mm-hmm. That is what my original thought was based on the commotion and and, and, and just how the, the you know, how Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were handling it. Like, nobody was saying anything. And they didn't know what to say. And I know we're going to get to the ESPN coverage of it a little bit later on and sort of how they handled the whole thing. Believe it or not, it was, for me, as crazy as this sounds... It was easier to figure out that there was an issue with his heart because, A, you started to see some people tweeting, but, again, big wrestling nerd here, but the wrestler Jerry Lawler, who was longtime announcer at WWE, he's 60-some years old. This is a couple years ago. He gets in the ring. He takes an elbow from another wrestler on the chest. It knocks his heart out of rhythm. He's back doing commentary. 20 minutes later, he keels over of a heart attack. They had to almost, like, stop raw. They had the medical people, like you said, running out near ringside. They focused on the ring. 
All you saw were fans moving out of the way as they wheeled Jerry Lawler out of the announce area with a guy doing compressions on his chest. They got him to the hospital, saved his life. Jerry Lawler tweeted out, hey, he took a hit to the chest, and I know what that can do. So it knocks your heart out of rhythm. We had a texture. It's called uh, Commodio Cordis. Huh. Right. Thank you, Doc Flynn, for putting that out there. The great Doc Flynn who was Doc all McStuffin. over this. But but that's the thing. Like it, He took that hit in the chest, and then you could see him kind of uh, hit the deck. The NFL handled it how, in your opinion? Well, initially, it was terrible. Initially, as far as just, okay, so there's two you different like levels. as you're watching well, real time, you're well, thinking? Well, no, okay, so wait. So as far as how, did the, how the NFL, like, medics and staff handled it? Of course. I thought they were, uh, That's a, this is an example you should show every college, every other team. Absolutely. This is like battlefield-type stuff. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to keep this guy alive in real time. We're going to take turns pumping his heart so he doesn't pass out. Like, that's what they were doing. They were taking turns breathing for him because he couldn't breathe. So I thought that was, as far as how they reacted in real time, I know they trained for it. It was almost like, you know, like you hear these the military exercises. They go, this is not a drill. <laughs> this is a real-ass emergency. Don't, don't half-step it. Right? I always love it's the real-ass emergency. That's, a, that's the sounder. That's the official sounder. Oh, well, we know. We've done this exercise before. No. No, they say, no, listen, all the other times we were kidding. All the other times we were just, we wanted to see if you guys were ready. This is not a drill. Get the real equipment. Bring your real, bring your A game. We got to, this is not a drill. Those people turned on a dime a and were ready to handle it. I thought, that, what about, I thought that part was amazing. But what about the league office in terms of just the timing of everything? Because on Twitter last night, now again, it's the lynch mob of Twitter. We understand. But last night there were a lot of people, this isn't hard, postpone the game, da-da-da, all that. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I understand that's the right move, but if you're the league, like if you're Roger Goodell and you're in New York, you're talking to, and I forget the name of the woman that was there representing the league, you're definitely talking to her because she's in communication with the head coaches. But if you're the league and you're Goodell, don't you have to almost kind of be like, okay, let me take a half a step back here and figure out what are we going to do about this game? What are we going to do about next week? We have playoffs that we can't move. And for as much as in the moment, I know Skip Bayless got into some trouble with it, I'm talking about Roger Goodell in New York, with his schedule people, in his own thoughts, in the shroud of secrecy, saying, holy F, what do we do if we have to postpone this game? Or he knows players ain't going to go out and play. We ain't going to, we, we got to postpone this game. Oh my God, what do we do? There had to at least have been a 10 minute discussion about that along the way while they were waiting for what was the inevitable decision, what they had to do last night, the human thing to do, which is postpone. Yeah, but you but what happened with the who was the person who said, You got five minutes? You're right? It's like there's a lightning strike and they send all the players in and they say, Listen, okay, come back out. You got each team has fifteen minutes to warm up. Right. Who was the guy who said, All right, ambulance is off the field. All right. Wrap it up. You guys get back into uh, you know reps and like start tackling and stuff like this. Get ready to play. Who is that guy? I don't know. Who is that lady? Who is that you, man? And do you think that was real or do you think that was? Yeah, well, they were talking about it. Well, they were, but do you think it might have been chaos in the middle of communication? Because I really wonder if the White Hat, who is watching them pump life into a player, was the one who was like, 
All right, about uh, about nine o'clock, we'll uh, kick this thing back off again. Yeah, I got a plane go. to catch. I'm going to get home. Like it doesn't feel like that would if it was communicated to the officials on the field. To me, those people had nothing to do with it. See, that's a, that's interesting because would you call it chaos in the midst of communication? Yeah, whatever. Communication did I, did in I the I midst of chaos. That right? Thank you. Okay. Yes. Usually, don't get it the first time. Because I do think protocol, and I think these guys are conditioned because they've seen this. They've seen ambulances and guys get hurt and guys get carted off the field plenty of times, and they just go, "All right, well, let's go." I mean, rain delay, same thing. Lightning strike, whatever. Okay, we got too much wind, eh, whatever. TV isn't working, whatever. Five minutes, get warmed up again. So maybe that's what it was. Because I feel like, had you ever heard of that rule as a player? What rule? The the five whole, the, the, hey, we got five minutes, everybody stretch out again, let's go and play. I know this was a unique situation. I feel like they just said five minutes. I feel like they just made up five minutes. Got it. I don't think it's like, if I looked at the handbook, the NFL, a delay of game handbook. Well, that's what I Possible wonder. death on the field handbook. You played for <laughs> one of the more meticulous coaches of all time. Yeah. It makes me wonder if in camp it was one of those, all right, guys, this is deep into the book, but here we go. So and, so and, when so when Demar Hamlin was on the on the ground right and they used ESPN used that wide shot so you couldn't see anything nope and the crowd was so eerily silent mm-hmm. that was another aspect because nobody left they just stayed until it was announced that the game was suspended they put the you know the they put know, it up on the big board yeah that was it to me um, there was as soon as I saw I was like there's no way they're playing this game you can just tell like they weren't going to play the game. And I feel like, you know, the whole five-minute thing was a joke. Well, I think the five-minute thing got wrapped up in all of this in some way, shape, or form. And in reality, I don't know if it was ever real. The coaches were the ones that were talking to each other. Maybe that was a miscommunication just to Joe Buck and he blurted it out or whatever because it seemed like they backed off that real quick. Once everybody went inside and then they said it was suspended, then everybody kind of backed off and then it was, well, let's go back to Bristol or New York City or wherever it was in terms of ESPN covering this. They did the right thing. Now, again, the discussions we're going to engage in are not so much Hamlin-related. However, there's a cause and an effect that we do have to address. And I hope that people do understand that it is the natural course of talk, considering New England plays Buffalo on Sunday, supposedly. It does affect us here. It affects the division. It does affect the on the field. So I think it's just SOP to say we're all praying for this kid to pull through. It was shocking, it was alarming, it was scary last night. But there are other layers of this that need to be discussed, and we are going to get into it here with Gretchen Foyer. It is the Virgin Excursion, the Maiden Voyage, however you want to call it. 617-779-7937. Text us at 37937. And, of course, the Twitch chat is all up and fired up today. Twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. Troy Vincent, as a texter sends in, Troy Vincent debunked the five-minute nonsense. Don't ever believe that guy. Just Google him and see what he did in terms of players' money, and you'll realize how duplicitous Troy Vincent is. I bet you I could probably get some off-air stories from Foyer about that guy, <laughs> but we'll have to wait till we're uh, we'll have to wait until we're a little deeper in to start throwing NFL officials uh, under the bus. 
And, now, and, and I got a side bet for you when you come back. I'm going to mention. I've heard you know nothing about gambling. Zero. So, uh, so this side bet, I, I'm. But ex- I know a lot about this one because I feel like ex- I can control. I was going to say I'm excited for a side bet because <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, you're the perfect example <laughs> of the person that I want to take money from. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're listening to Gresh and Poirier on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Blue jean, baby, L.A. lady. Seems just for the band. So we told Terp, you kind of got carte blanche with the music, and we'll correct it later. At 10.24, we might have to call for a correction already. I saw this was Fourier's request. What? This? That's what I saw in the group chat. <laughs> Are you serious? That's hey, what I saw. What does it say? I think, uh... What's what Ken's it... request for you? Oh, that's oh, what that it was. Oh, that was Ken. Yeah, right. Sister Christian? No. What is this song? See, here's the I thing. I know what the song is. Terp. This is Elton John, isn't it? Terp. First thing to learn. Okay, what is the first thing to learn, No, Gresh? no, no. no I'm, I'm talking about Terp. Don't be listening to Ken's music oh, choices. Absolutely. First of all, right? Can we don't just... listen to Ken at all. Well, I'm not going to your... go. He's a subordinate. He he is a boss here. Yeah, so really. he is in control this of young all... Terp's career. Let's not give him some terrible advice. But uh, from the music end, I mean, good Lord. Terp, I would say this. Gresh and I have a bigger impact on your career than Ken does. <laughs> listen, that is not true. Unless you leave, and then we give you good recommendations. 100% true. <laughs> listen, you follow me, okay? Right, let's do it. And let's I, do it. And I do believe it was, I thought uh, Ken put in there Tiny Dancer, which isn't that Tina Turner. So you missed the whole thing. That's anyway. Private Dancer. Oh, Private Dancer? Private there you go. Whatever. Tiny Dancer. There you go. Tiny Here Dancer. Go. So I get a half point. I don't know. So you get a half point. All right. I'll take that. So Tiny Dancer is Elton John. So Sister Christian is Night Ranger. Uh, yes. Private Dancer is Night Ranger. Ranger. And that's awful. a playoff of Brady's nickname for me, which actually makes no sense whatsoever, but whatever. Because his nickname for me was Motorin. Oh, really? Yes. And it's not the Motorin that you're... It's not... The motor that you're probably thinking what of. What do you think? That I would <laughs> okay. go right to motorboat? <laughs> yes, exactly. You might have a never speed happened. boat. It never happened. You might have speed when you motorboat. I don't know. So uh, here's my <laughs> bet for, I don't know how we would set, Billy, maybe you help me out with this, right? So my thing is like, I'm trying to figure out how many times when Gresh is doing his tease, when he was mentioning the new show, right? You know, Gresh and Fourier. Yep. That does he mistakenly call it Gresh and Keith? What am I not a professional? Okay, so I What's would like to say here? so we can do it over and under on this. So for the first week, should we just should we kind of like just focus on the first week 
or like the first month? I had to say it to Justin before I did the hourly. You had to say it. I you had to had say, to, no, okay. I had to say, let me make sure I say. See, so it is going to be a thing. Like, how many times do you call me Keith? How many times do I yell at you? Or do I call you Lou or Mego? I'm going to call you Glenn. Okay. You call me Mego? What do I got to get my Mexican luchador mask on? Like when you had her and (laughs) Rocky Dennison here for your Fourier 25 for 25? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that is. What is is she hiding? Does he have a terrible (laughs) scar across his face? I don't know what it is. He doesn't. He he works in a very dangerous business. He doesn't want anyone to know who he is. He doesn't want to be held accountable for anything he says. But I'm going to go over and under how many times he says it. Like Friday at two. He says zero. Zero. Billy. Like set set the line. No, he's a pro's pro. I don't think he'll be. You're gonna go good. so with zero. I think he's had That's zero. I think he's had Is that two not weeks to, on the board? Yeah, I think he's had two weeks to uh, practice. I, I I host two other shows with different with himself. I host other Correct. shows Look with different names. I never screw it up. It's not that hard. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna set it at one then. Just because one and a half. Just one and a hook. One and a hook. One and a hook. One and a hook. Listen to this guy now. Oh, and by the way, at 11.45, you are going to get your parlay, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, However, it's going to be a three-teamer, and we'll explain why. Okay. Because getting back to the DeMar Hamlin incident, yeah. I thought last night, because I asked you a little while ago, Foyer, about the response from the NFL. To me, the response from the NFL in taking the time to make sure they quote-unquote got it right was because they were actually communicating with the players and that the players were the ones that were driving this. They went into the locker room. There were reports within 10 minutes. There were guys coming out who had their uniforms off. There was someone in a towel, whatever in the world it is. And to me, the NFL waited to hear from the players before making any decision, which to me is what they should do. As much as the public was upset that it didn't go fast enough for them in terms of them popping this game – they actually listen to the players, which I think is the right thing to do. But, Christian, doesn't it go to show that the players have stroke? Ooh. If they want to really <laughs> impact the game, they have the ability to do so. And I'm not talking about it just in an insubordinate type way. Yeah. This was a you guys are the ones that are going to make this decision or at least confirm it for the commission. Absolutely. So let me take you back. Take it back. All right, let me take you back. Take- uh, uh, yeah, do that again real quick. We got to practice again. Let me take you back. Take it back. Do, 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 do. Take it back. All right, so yeah, yeah, not, that, yeah, yeah. not that this is a, you know, I don't want people yelling and screaming at me saying these two situations are not comparable at all. But I it know is comparable they're not. from the player standpoint. Yes, okay. yes. Okay, so I will take you back to 9-11, okay? Now, uh, West Coast teams and, and East Coast teams. There was, a, there was a lot of discussion about whether the games were going to be played based on the craziness of the situation. And for those who don't remember, you're still in Seattle, correct? I'm in Seattle at this Thank point in time. Okay. So the league, they were going to force us to play. Like, the games are going to be played. There's not going to be any, you know, laps in, in games. So the, the players created a, uh, a, like, a team-by-team team conference call where all the teams were all represented, and they won big, giant conference call, Right. And the East Coast teams were, hell no, we're not playing. The West Coast teams, who are a little bit more removed from the actual situation, is as hard as that is to believe, were okay with playing. Well, the Giants, uh, the Jets, uh, you know, a lot of those West, uh, East the Coast North, teams. Northeast corridor the Northeast corridors, They were yep. really affected, right? The Patriots, the Giants, they were like, hell no. So we, we you know, collectively said there is not going to be any games. We're not playing, regardless of what the league says. So the league wanted us to play. Mm-hmm. And the players said no. 
Well, okay. The league said, okay, well, the players don't want to play regardless of what we decide to do. No matter how many concessions that we make, the players don't want to play. So God bless them. The players are like, in real time, we're not playing this game. So I feel like every last decision decision that was made regarding last night's game was all due to the players. And I feel like when and and if they play this game will also be determined by the players and not necessarily the entire league like it was in 9-11. I know it was not the same, okay? So don't, don't at mention me about the things not being the same. The fact that the players actually decided what the league was going to do, I thought that was I thought was impressive. And I still think it's it, it, it's the same in this situation. The players will decide. The Bills will really dictate terms. Correct. Okay, because they're the team that is most directly impacted by this. Cincinnati if, in a way. If, well, but, if the Bills had said to Cincinnati, let's play, they would have finished the game. Yeah. Now, again, that sounds insensitive because it's, hey, we're all under the same umbrella. However... You don't know the guy as intimately. You don't. You're not in the locker room with him. You haven't gone through camp with the guy. You're not around him. So even for the Cincinnati players, there is a level of detachment to where they probably could have finished the game last night. Wasn't it? Was it T. Higgins who caught the ball? Right. I do believe so. I think it was. So I was actually feeling for him because I do feel like some of the players, like the player, like he didn't run into Hamlin. He didn't. You know, he wasn't like you know getting a base and like they they ran into each other. He it, caught him from like behind. It wasn't Vontez perfect mm. knocking. Uh, you know, uh, Antonio Brown's head off. Yeah. So I felt like you know Higgins may ha- feel like he's responsible, even though he isn't. He isn't responsible because you're saying that's a natural feeling. That's a from natural a- psychological feeling of like you know guilt. Right. I caused this injury. I'm directly responsible for him almost dying. He's in critical condition. There, he's on life support. He's intubated as of yeah, right now. Right? Still, yeah. So I mean, there's so I can see there's so many aspects, really, for both teams. But I, in the end, whether or not they play this game is going to be predicated on how the Bills feel about it. Well, there's a couple of things, and there is one element of this that is icky to mention, and that is. What if DeMar Hamlin doesn't make it? And I know that is, it's like, yeah, why are you bringing that up? Because to the point of the Bills are going to be the ones that are going to dictate this thing, if God forbid it goes south today and this player passes away, how do they make up that game? And then furthermore, how do the Bills then get ready to play another game against New England here in a couple of days? That's the other part of this as well. Now, that's an extreme example if Hamlin doesn't make it. But even if is he it is, though? Well, it, it, I don't you, know if, you have to discuss it, but I... I like, don't know if it is an extreme example. Okay, why? Well, he I, could die. No, there is that. I mean, I, so yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's like... But, ex- but everything's not going to go on hold just because he's in the yeah. hospital. Like, we know at some point it will be that you're going to have to make the decision... But I think if the decision were made for the players in such an extreme way as that, how how do those guys, you know, all right, we'll show up on Thursday and start prepping to play a game. And, oh, by the way, we'll go to a funeral See, day before. Yeah. Like, you know, there's all of that kind of swirling around. That's why I say it's an extreme example because even if he's just in the hospital, and let's work with that. At what point do you draw the line and say, okay, we love this guy. But we do eventually have to move on and do our jobs that we're paid to do. See, and that's why I think it is. I feel like they need – my personal belief is that I would just say I'm not playing. We're not playing this game. I would just say we're not making this game The Cincy game. I would not – if I'm the Buffalo Bills, 
You can take it. We, we're going to call it a draw. No, take it. You can take it. Oh, but it does this to your standings. It does well, that to the standings. It might compromise them it, getting absolutely. the number one seed. Absolutely. But what are you going to do? Like, life just smacked you in the face. You know what? What you just said, though, works both ways. The what are you going to do? If he's in the hospital and he's stable, do we stop down and not do anything? Or like you said, is it this guy's in the hospital? I can't think of going out there and putting my life on the line to go play football. I think it's open-ended on both sides, how, yeah, how I, the players I, can I, see And it. I do think the Bills obviously suffer the most out of this because – like the psychological aspect of this, I mm-hmm. think, is significant for the players. Do I even want to run down on kickoff? Do I want to like? Uh, if I want, do I want to? I really feel comfortable catching that pass. Do I want to ram block anybody? Well, I was going to say, absolutely not. Do you want to catch the fifteen yard deep in cut over the It'd middle? Be on my mind, it would, I would be thinking about it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. It would be because I witnessed it and I saw it in real time. I don't know if I'm sleeping at night. I don't know if I'm closing my eyes, if I can literally close my eyes and not see the image and play it out and then do a bunch of what ifs. Because I do think there's a lot of what ifs. So as a player on that team, I want the the the, the cleanest, most uh, you know, realistic, you know, scenario just to be played out and be done with it. So mm-hmm. hey, let's not play what ifs with this stupid game. I could give zero craps about this game right so what do you do like would you be okay if you're a bills player saying you know what take it just giving it to him like i it's not important to me because that's that's what i would say i don't need it i don't want it we'll make it up on the back end that's what i would say Mm. Uh, i would just say like not that we need to be galvanized as a unit you know not that we need something to rally around because we don't need it but it does seem like i just feel like like the 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 seating is insignificant to me at this point. Yeah, uh, that's a tough one. Why? Well, because from the Bills' end, everything they geared for was to get to this point, to be able to win these two games, to have the number one seed, to be able to reach the achieved goal of winning the Super Bowl. And life strikes everybody every day. And I do. There, there's got to be. There is the part of me that not every player is going to think the same way. Not not that those players would ever speak up or speak out. But I'm sure there are some dudes who are like, hey, man, if he's okay, let's go win it for him. Or if he's okay, this is what we were – because at some point, someone in that room is going to have to stand up and say, guys, yeah, we got to move on. Ooh. And that's difficult right now. Well, see, that's what I think the, the the problem is. Okay, you're telling me to move on, and he's hanging on, you know, by a thread. Right. Like his life is like in balance. His parents and this and that. There's so it's easy to say, and I do feel like they need to have that discussion. Somebody's got to say it. <clears throat> now they may yell and scream because everybody's overly emotional. Like they're all like, oh, it's very, just, today's very oh, raw. Yeah, it's like, right. I can easily see a lot of guys saying, don't even come to me with that. Right. And somebody's got to be like, listen, okay, just for a second, let's think about we all are, you know, have a job to do. This is what we do for a living. So we're going to have to at least discuss it, right? We're almost making a decision. Nope. We got to at least, let's just, we got to talk about it. But I think the best case scenario for everybody involved is if you get news this afternoon, he's going to be fine. Now, fine meaning Ryan Shazier fine, 
fine is being survive, Eric Legrand fine? But be different forever, right? Yeah. Survive, but different yeah. forever. To me, at least he's alive, right? I would be the That's it, one of the selling points say, is to remind him, be like, guys, yeah, he's you alive. saw what could have happened, or yeah. you saw what almost happened, and this guy's still among us right now. Because to me, that's like, how do you... Like, how do you convince yourself to get out there, put your pads on there, and go play 24 hours later? So, Because there is a time element, right? So if you're going to play the Patriots on Sunday at 1, at home, you have to make this game up like right away. It's Tuesday. You're not playing it today. Nobody's playing it today. Buffalo's in Buffalo. They're not going back to Cincy. Well, Buffalo flew home, and I know the Terp, I think, found a tweet from somebody in the NFL that said, if this game is to be replayed, like, it's got to happen tomorrow. Yeah, it's got to happen right away. Right. So they got to get on a plane and go back. Right. And do they really want to? No. And you're right. They don't want to, but will I don't they? think it happens. I, I, I'm going to go on record right now. I'm saying they're not playing this game. So if that is the case... Then there goes Buffalo as the number one seed. And again, insignificant right now, I understand. But in terms of the on the field. But that's if they can. So let's just say they call it a draw. They call it a tie. Right. So what is the record? It's 12 and 4 and 1 and 13 and 3 and 1. I don't think you can make it a tie. I think Why? You, I th- because, it, because it affects the tiebreakers. And it wasn't a tie oh, game geez. at the time. Because you got to remember there's playoff seeding. It would, I think, go down as a no contest. And then the NFL might best guess on my part, might go by some winning percentage since you have two teams that are in the existing playoff structure who, you know, and to the Bengals, like, this was they're the innocent bystanders in all this. But if the Bengals had won that game last night, there would have been a chance they could have ended up with the number two seed. Yeah. Now, again, that's the football element of it, and I understand. But the NFL is going to have to figure out a way to have two teams within the playoff structure that will have played one less game. Unless the Bills do the fine we forfeit, then you give Cincy the win and Buffalo the loss, and you go from there. But that's that's, rough. Yeah. That's rough to say to that team, look at not only what you went through, look how well you played this year, but because of this unfortunate circumstance and the playoffs are in two weeks and we can't move it, sorry, guys, you're playing on wild card weekend. Yeah, I can actually see a scenario, Gresh, where – they forfeit this game, and maybe if I'm Cincinnati, like the the like the like the good thing to do, since we're all in this thing together, is to kind of say no, we're not allowing you to forfeit. We got We both have to be, just for lack of a better term, suffer because of this. Like, but, so we're not gonna we're not gonna allow you to have an advantage. Uh-huh. We're not gonna we're not gonna allow you to give us an advantage because of the situation. Like, I feel like Cincinnati in some way. Is kind of beholden to the situation, also. Well, in a way, let's remember this. Do you know who Cincinnati plays on Sunday? Baltimore. You know what that really would have been for? A division title. So you now have Cincinnati being affected by it. It affects the division. Because again, if Cincy had lost, then it would have been straight up Cincy, Baltimore, division title next week. Now, if you go to winning percentage, does that. It's. It's a bit of a headache for the NFL, there's no question. And we got folks who want to talk about it. 617-779-7937. We will talk to you on the maiden voyage of Gresham Foyer next. WEI, WEI, New England Sports Original. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Gresham Fourier on WEEI. See, we're coming okay. out of a right. uh, spot where you're go. making the sex. Yeah. You name it, Jeff. There you go. you kind of tying it all together, huh, Terp? Exactly. Okay. See, he's doing uh, a good uh, job with that. Uh, lots of folks want to get in on this at 617-779-7937 on what happened with Damar Hamlin last night on Monday Night Football. Suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit Monday night. Uh, as of right now, sedated and listed in critical condition. So not out of the woods yet. And the NFL has, again, and we're not downplaying what is going on with Damar Hamlin the NFL now has a bit of a scheduling nightmare mm. on their hands. Let's go to Ian in Greenfield. First up with Gresham Foyer. Hello, Ian. Good morning, guys. Happy uh, new program. Sad night, sad morning. Um, so, <laughs> with Hamlin. Mm. <laughs> well, right. no, I'm talking about Hamlin incident, not you guys. I got you. Okay. All right. So, my fear is it's not just the cardiac issue. It's It's the brain damage from lack of oxygen. You know, I read or heard that he was on CPR eight, nine minutes. That's obviously not as good as breathing yourself. So my fear is he may have some major brain damage and may be on life support. So, and that leads to the fact that he is, and his family has to, um, lack of a better term, pull the plug at some point. The, the Bills, whether or not they play tomorrow, or this weekend, or next weekend, they're going to face the fact, you know, eight hours before their game, they may hear that, you know, their fellow teammate, their friend, has passed away. So I feel they're just going to have to go forward and play a game when they can play a game. And um, That's the hard part it, of all this, Ian, is that you're right. There, There's going to have to be decisions made where you have to realize what could be the worst possible outcome and be steadfast in the decision that you make. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it would be like your team owner being in this situation. I know it's a teammate. It's a little different. But it would be like any other high-ranking member of the organization. At some point, everybody would have to say, we realize what could happen. But we gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah, and is it um, is it insensitive, morbid to look at it from the Patriots' point of view as far as what they want to happen, or do they even care? Like if you're if you're talking about playoff seedings, making the playoffs, trying to con- confirm that number seven, that seventh seed, you gotta beat the Bills. I think you have the empathy. Easiest. I think you have empathy for the situation, but. There's that, you know, degrees of separation where it's like, well, I feel really bad for the Bills, but 
I got a Bill here who wants me to be in meetings on time, shut up, listen, and get ready to play a game. Yeah, because I do think, I do think, based on what I'm hearing, is that most teams, the players, you know, collectively are shook. Right. Oh, no question, no question. All of them, you yep. know, are, are, are kind of shook uh, by how it happened. Monday Night Football, right? I mean, and it was turning into like, wow, this is going to be a great game, an electric atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, sure enough, uh, you know, since he goes down, they they win the toss, they take the ball, they go down and score. And then sure enough, here comes the Bills, so they can't convert on third down. Beasley drops the ball, they kick a field goal, and here comes Cincinnati all over again. Like two plays later, you're sitting there going, what? The game is just over. So... To me, I'm just going to keep saying it. I don't think they play this game at all. I don't think it's played. I think just based on where they're at, like on the, on the day of the week, they can't fit it in. Even if, the, even if the Bills said, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. They're not flying back today, right? And if COVID taught us anything, well, didn't the Patriots play on like a Wednesday? Uh, I played do, on a Tuesday. Uh, yeah, they, they played on a they Tuesday. They flew Tuesday morning and I, played Tuesday night or I something think like that. Kansas City and Buffalo might have played on a Wednesday. Somebody played think, on a yeah. Wednesday, right? Short, short week, and then they played on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Hey, so it can happen. It hey, we've can. done it before. Right. But... I don't think I don't think I don't think to play the game. But that was a decision that was in a lot of ways made for people during COVID. This is the players are in control. The players yeah. have to fight their own emotion if they're going to get back out on the field. And by the way, I'm not completely sure the caller was 100% right on the whole the way everything went down on the lack of oxygen and things like that because there was the uh, apparently when they were getting ready to load him in the ambulance is when I guess maybe they lost the pulse and that's when the CPR really started and that's when you saw the players being like oh my god look how so we don't exactly know so we don't know if there's going to be brain damage or anything like that but here's what we know that we can definitively say regardless of all that Hamlin's fighting for his life and I think that's the easiest way to kind of leave it within the context of our discussion because we can get lost in the fruity whip headache of everything that went down on that field which clearly we didn't see Drew's in Connecticut with Gresh and Foyer hello Drew yeah hello yeah what's up hi how are you uh hey how's it going how's it going <laughs> Drew Drew from Connecticut here yeah so, hey Drew um uh, oh old, old joke from the Gresh and Keith show um oh. Anyway, callers who identify themselves are yeah. always a good thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> thoughts and prayers with um, the, with with Demar Hamlin and his family first and foremost. Um, you know, let's just you know pray and hope for those worst outcomes. You know that that even the previous caller alluding to brain damage and you know the, the family having to make a decision. Let's hope it doesn't get to that. Um, but I just wanted to – I started to think about it last night after it was all going down, and I really think this is going to come down to the owners as far as um, when they – you know, if the game gets rescheduled, postponed, forfeited, um, because as the more – and the more you guys talked about it, the more I was convinced of it because there's so many moving parts, like Baltimore, for example, you know um, – the, their their owner might have a say in this, and I think it's going to come down to the owners collaboratively deciding how they handle it. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I I just thought with all the with playoffs and revenue, um, hosting a playoff game and stuff like that. And, and again, I it's it's not you know it's not to dismiss the human nature of all of this. Uh, it's just the reality that the NFL, being the mega business that it is. 
uh, eventually those business decisions have to get made, and I think the owners are the ones that push the money into the middle of the table. Thank you, Drew. Uh, Christian, quickly, owners, yeah. how big a say do they have in Zero all this? Say. Okay, because it, it, it seemed last night it was players, and you even brought up 9-11 yeah. where it was players. Yeah, I think it's. I think the players are dictating terms. I think the, 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 the magnitude of this situation, at least for the Bills, are going to like determine what happens. The Bills are not playing the game. The more this goes on, the longer this goes on, the more convinced I am that there will not be, they will not make up this game. They're not going to do it. So many layers of this Damar Hamlin incident from last night to discuss how it was handled, how it needs to be handled. No, by the way, on Sunday, the Patriots are supposed to play the Bills. We will continue talking about Damar Hamlin and maybe get in a little Mac Jones along the way as well with Gresham Foyer next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 